0: The purpose of a loving-kindness practice is to um, cultivate loving-kindness not only for ourselves, but for others. It's an antidote to any unskillful mental state. When we are feeling agitated, feeling ill-will towards someone, even that driver on the street, we have been caught in anger, annoyance. That's on the spectrum of, the you know, any emotion is a spectrum, right? Mild irritation all the way up to rage it's the anger spectrum. So annoyance is on that spectrum. Um, when we are caught in resentment, um, the Buddha said, the antidote for any ill will is loving-kindness. The story from the suttas, the history of this teaching, we actually, um, a few years ago, at one of our annual uh, fundraising meetings, um, I gathered, I worked with a bunch of uh, people from the sangha, and we did a drama of this story of how the Buddha um, gave this practice to the monastics, so there, uh, the Buddha was from uh, the forest um, practice of Buddhism. They would spend the monks uh, would sp- and nuns would spend I don't yeah I guess nuns the monks anyway would spend uh, many months of the year uh, in practice in the forest. This one particular time, Buddha sent this uh, large group of monks to a particular forest to do the rains retreat. That's a special um, period of time during the year. And uh, so the monks went to this particular forest and uh, began to practice And uh, they started feeling very uh, agitated and uh, uncomfortable. Um, And uh, there were what they called tree spirits that did not want them coming into their forest. And so the tree spirits supposedly were, you know, doing little things to make their practice time, very uncomfortable physically, mentally, and so forth, uh, being uh, kind of um, prodding them and such. And so um, the monks went back to where the Buddha was practicing, which was in a different location, and appealed to him, please send us to a new location. We cannot we cannot get into um, our samadhi in this location because of the tree spirits. And the Buddha said, "Um, no, I will give you a practice to do, however, but you must go back to that forest to do your retreat. And the practice that he gave them is the loving-kindness practice. The loving-kindness practice is an antidote for fear, ill-will, any adverse state. Um, Metta is a Pali word for the loving-kindness, and it also is referred to as loving-friendliness. It means having a strong wish for the welfare and happiness of all beings. This includes ourselves. You know, those times where we do something and, uh, you know, we're in, inwardly, uh, we're silently criticizing ourselves and beating ourselves up for making that comment or taking that action that was unskillful. Um, this practice is an opportunity to counter any form of ill-will towards ourselves. Just think about the power of that for a moment. If I can let go, transform any thought I have about myself of not meeting my expectation, of not being perfect. How powerful would that be? We do the practice not only for ourselves, but for recognizing that all humans are in the same situation. We all have challenges. We all attempt to do our very best and we blow it. And that's okay. If I can be with myself with kindness when I've said or done something that is not in the best interest of anybody, maybe it will influence how I view and see others' actions. It does, in fact, do that. Loving-kindness practice is an antidote for these mind states that get us into trouble. So in that regard, it's good medicine. It is an altruistic attitude one of love and friendliness. These are qualities that are natural to us, but they get a little clouded. They get a little submerged just in our day-to-day living and meeting the challenges that come our way. With loving-kindness practice, We are letting go of hatred. We're letting go of any wish to cause harm to another. Anytime we harm someone else, it harms ourselves. When we realize that directly for ourselves, I think we're motivated to want to do something about that. Loving-kindness, even though it's inside, the possibility is inside of us, it has to be cultivated, brought forward into our consciousness of way of living more fully. It's for our own well-being and that of others. We're all faced with distressing situations in our lives and in the world. And these challenges can pull us off course both physically and mentally. If I have some medicine to take to counter that, why would I not take it? incorporating a regular... Please. You have sort of thoughts of... You're talking about loving kindness towards somebody else who, who, who kind of ignores, annoys you or whatever, you know, you antithereo yeah. towards them. Yeah. Isn't this just very cheap, though, To just to say, oh, I'm going to have loving kindness. Why don't we say... Why don't we reach out to that person? Why don't we say loving kindness? Why don't you say um, every morning you should get up and make an act of loving kindness? As absolutely. To absolutely. Just thinking loving kindness, which is, yes. You know, even better. Seems even better. The practice is a pl- um, a place to prime our ability to do that. And yes, absolutely. Putting it into action is the best. But that's not, as such, a Buddhist teaching. Yes. First, the thought, first, the intention, and then the action. Thank you. So, I'm setting a framework here from what Buddha gave us. And um, so, let's see where this goes. One of the important aspects of the loving-kindness teaching is to recognize our interdependence. There is nothing that we do that is not dependent on something from other people. Everything we wear, everything we eat, everything thing that we use in our lives it's because of the effort of other people. So this practice is a way of recognizing that we are in this human condition together and it's a a way to give some expression of gratitude and some understanding of our interdependence. We cannot exist alone, on our own, without the help of others, without the interaction of others. There are different aspects of the full practice. So we bring um, loving kindness first to ourselves and then to um, a benefactor or uh, respected other, to a dear friend or dear one, to a neutral person or sometimes called a stranger, to um, a difficult person, and to all beings. So we're going to do a, a little bit of that full practice this evening. There are phrases that are offered and used as part of this practice. If you wish to, you can adapt them. You can use expressions that are... Um, intending to bring goodwill to another, something that is perhaps a little more personal to you, as long as it's cultivating that feeling inside of kind connection. This is not a mere intellectual practice. It's a way of committing ourselves to a particular philosophy, an attitude, an outlook, and conduct. It can become the foundation of one's life. It's a haven, a place to return to when things are really difficult. It can be a refuge for us It helps us to be reconciled with ourselves and with others. You remember from last week, um, Janetti spoke about um, moving toward emotions. This is very much a practice where we're moving toward feeling kindness, benevolence, When we're able to be in this place, it helps us to cultivate wisdom and compassion. And it just makes good sense. We bring unlimited friendliness toward whatever arises in our experience, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant body sensations, sounds, odors, thoughts. So we're establishing a particular internal environment, an intention of caring and friendliness. The broad application of loving-kindness practice makes it suitable For any mind state that arises in our experience, kindness understands when we are suffering. Ill will clouds the mind.